What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Turn me on, folks. A quick little announcement before we throw it to this week's episode. If you live in the Los Angeles area, uh, heads up, Bridie and myself are coming to you. We're coming to town. We're going to be in Los Angeles on the 16th of January, and uh, and Bridie's going to be kind of on her little her little road trip with her boyfriend in their van, and they're passing through, and then I'm going to meet up with them. Uh, and we'll be there between the 16th and the 21st. And so here's our call to action. If you live in the Los Angeles area or you know someone in that area who you think would be an awesome guest to be on our show, uh, we are looking for you. So you can go to uh, turnmeonpodcast.com and hit the contact form or just shoot us an email straight to turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your story. Let us know uh, why you think we should have you on the show. And we're looking forward to meeting some of you. So keep your ears and eyes peeled uh, to hear into our social media for more information coming up. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you the heads up. All right. Love y'all. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. Ready to 
to talk about some sex. I think that's a statement, not so much questions. So I will say to that. Tally ho. <laughs> yes. On your steeds. You're so, you're literally, you literally couldn't be further away from me. Well, I moved from the couch to this chair. Okay. So that I could be more comfortable and look at you. And I have set myself up with this little workspace in our greater, larger context of the bigger workspace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're just talking across the room to each other. I wish I had my glasses on though, because I can't really make out the details of your face. Yeah. Which is everything. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, we're here again. I love recording in our living room. I like this too. This is a kind of a new sort of thing for us. So it's like we're we're doing our recordings with guests at the recording studio downtown, where we also record Sick Boy. Um, and then and now we're getting to the habit of like doing our little foreplay sessions home in the living room. It feels so right. Just hanging out. Yeah. I like I mean, it. We have roommates, so it's not, it doesn't always like work out, but you know. They're never here. They're almost never here. They're, we're a busy f- household of yeah, folks. They're always working and shit. Yeah. Um, uh, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. I've been a bit blue the last, like, well, pr- most of my life, actually. <laughs> I, I always seem to be going through the same existential crisis all the time. Just, you know, the, details are slightly different but uh no I'm good I'm I'm in this like bit of a rut where I I just worked my butt off so hard hustling my own shit for like the last four months and then and then I feel like so over it so over it like there's been almost like no monetary return for my hustle and I've learned a lot I've been in like my own sort of school let's say like I've, I've set myself up to learn a lot in the last four months but I um I'm really 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 tired of like hustling so hard but at the same time there's no appeal to me in like going out and and getting like a job for somebody else so I, I got I got to keep going but the but there's this like mentality that we know well we've talked about before and like we know it well through our yoga community of like once I get to this point or once I have this or once I'm I meet this like deadline then I'll be satisfied yeah that that which is not a thing which never happens no. it just never arrives that moment never arrives so well, at I least, um, at least you know that yeah so I'm but you know it's uncomfortable and you know what's really uncomfortable is knowing that you're the only one who can do anything about the way that you're feeling when you're feeling but you're like this I have to go in and do the work I have to go into my own head and yeah. be like eight not a step further in that direction back it up and then sulky me is like, but I don't want to be the one who fixes it. I just want it. It's just like it's like arguing with a child. You don't find like puppy videos and shit uh, can also, you know, it's like it's either up to you or up to the videos of puppies. Don't get me wrong. I watch a lot of puppy videos. Right. Um, but they only slightly numb the discomfort. Right. For a minute. Same with pot and wine it's just like it's a temporary fix yeah even yoga like it's it go in and i'm like oh yeah yesterday i taught a class and it was a silent class so i just got to practice with everybody and it felt so good 
And then it was over and I had this like sinking feeling like the best part of my day was over. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. I know. I really got a snap out of it. I got a snap out of it. It's... It's just a combination of Canadian winter and yeah. and you know existential crisis. Well, you know, at least at least you know what's going on. Yeah, no, I know. Um, how's your vagina? It's good. I was just saying to my boyfriend uh, yesterday that I I I have a doctor's appointment coming up. Um, it was for one thing, but now I feel like I I should be like, hey, I'm going away for five months. Is there anything you want to tell me about my abnormal pap that I got? You know, is there something I should be doing? Right. Uh, because I haven't heard anything back. Abnormal as in like the abnormal cells? Yeah, abnormal cells. So this was like two years ago. So like HPV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was like two years ago or maybe a year ago. And then once you have one abnormal pap, you have to get a pap like six months later. And then again, like six months after that. And then you, instead of like every two years, like you is average, you have to go every year for a pap. And I just don't necessarily trust that they're, that if something comes back on those tests that someone's going to call me necessarily, you know, like I just don't yeah. necessarily trust the system enough to be like, oh, they'll follow up with me. Right. Right. So I, I feel like I got to follow up with them and be proactive in my own, in my own health. Well, the reason I asked is because uh, as we were sitting here getting ready to record, um, I was just, you know, doing my regular scrolling through Twitter, um, sifting through the garbage that is on there uh-huh. and found this little uh, BBC article. I was surprised to see a BBC article. Business Development Canada? No, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, I believe BBC. BBC. Okay. I thought you said BDC. Is that what BBC stands for? British Broadcasting Corporation? I literally just guessed that. I mean, I it's have no the idea. CBC Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Ah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, five things everyone with a vagina should know. Okay, great. I'm going to go through it. Please. And uh, I feel like everything I'm about to read, you're going to be like, well, fucking duh. I knew that. Okay. But, but I, you didn't. I, I, well, I didn't, but not really, not that it fucking matters because I don't have a vagina. But it, it, well, how great is it for, for you to know? Good for me to know, but yeah. also it really is titled Five Things Everyone with a Vagina Should, should know. know. Okay. Um, uh, and I know that there's some people out there who might not know these things. Uh, so the, uh, under the headline, uh, there are many false myths on social media about vaginas and one woman has made it her mission to correct them. Dr. Jen Gunter has been a practicing obstetrician gynecologist in the U S and Canada for 25 years. She's a fierce advocate for women's health and has been described as Twitter's resident gynecologist. So number one, it is important to know your vagina from your vulva. Mm-hmm. Do you know the difference? Yeah, I think so. All right. The vagina is what? Inside it's, or outside? It's inside. Okay. And the the vulva is? The exterior. There you go. Uh, correct. The vagina is inside the body. It is the muscular canal, which connects the uterus to the outside world. What you can see from the outside, the part that touches your clothes, is the vulva. And Gunter, in quotes... Uh, quote, when you can't say the word vagina or vulva, there is an implication that there is something dirty or shameful about that, says Gunter. She points out that the medical term pudenda, which describes the outside of the vulva, comes from the Latin word pudet, which means it shames. Oh. Isn't that fucking interesting? Uh, Gunter says it's crucial to know the correct terminology and not to use euphemisms. 
Gunter thinks using such labels is not only harmful to women on an emotional level, but can have an impact on them medically as well, because patients may not be able to describe exactly what's going on yeah. and get the right treatment. Totally, 100%. Number two, we were talking about this yesterday, the vagina cleans itself, uh, which you knew this. Yeah. Uh, Gunter says it's a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> That's funny that she said it's an oven because it's hot in there. It is. Uh, she especially warns against using scented douches. It's a vagina, not a pina colada, she says. Douches are like cigarettes for your vagina. So don't be douching out there, folks. Uh, the outside, the vulva, vulval area can be cleaned when necessary with water or gentle cleanser. So that's that's good to know. I, in general, have been using less and less and less soap on my body. In general. Except for inside your asshole, right? No, I, I haven't been doing that either. Oh, you haven't? Good. No, you told me not to. Yeah, good job. I took it to heart. Good job. Uh, the next one, your vagina is like a garden. Oh, God. Where do you think this is going? I have no Flora. idea. Flora. Okay. The vagina contains an army of good bacteria, which can yeah. help keep it healthy. Flora. The, the vaginal microbiome is like a garden of all different kinds of bacteria that function together to keep the vaginal ecosystems healthy. The good bacteria produces substances that create a slightly acidic environment, which stops any bad bacteria from taking hold, as well as mucus, which keeps everything lubricated. This is why wiping inside with an antibacterial wipe is not good. Oh my God, that just sounds like it would fucking hurt. Like some hand sanitizer (coughs) on a napkin. Oh God. Wipe it around. Well, I I understand it. It's really interesting to me. Like, I remember hearing about this. We were talking about this. I remember hearing about this in like right away in the 90s. And maybe I was lucky enough to have older sisters who were like, don't use this on your body. But I still notice it. It's weird. I notice it in, uh, I noticed it in the shower uh, at a house I was staying at recently, Uh, like a vaginal soap Mm. in the shower. Right. And I, if like buy Vagisil, which is like, right, like I don't know, a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't like even the yeast infection medications you can buy in drugstores and stuff like that. I just, I don't trust it. Here's another thing that Gunter says. And this reminded me of an actual moment where someone came up to, I was there, I was present for this. Someone came up to you and advised you to do this for your BV. It says, similarly, Gunter advises against using a hairdryer to dry the vulva. The skin is meant to be moist there. Okay. Well, yeah, and that's really interesting too because I've been investigating like the fertility awareness method, which a lot of people confuse with like the rhythm method as a way of birth control. But basically what it asks you to do Wait, is... Wait, what's the difference between both of those? I don't even know. Uh, so the fertility awareness method is like paying attention to your cycle. the discharge, the um, oh. position of your cervix and your body temperature. Um, every day for a while until you see the cycle and like you learn that when your body, I don't know all the details, but I'm, I'm just like just beginning to investigate it. The rhythm method is, is like assumes that all periods are 28 days in length and that you ovulate on day 14 and the days like before and not after are not safe to have sex if you don't want to get pregnant. But the fertility awareness method is like actually like taking down taking notes and learning about your own cycle which is probably not what your app says yeah uh, right et cetera. right okay yeah. 
Uh, okay, the next one, number four. We've got two more. Pubic hair is there for a reason. Uh, Gunter has noticed a growing trend in women removing all of their pubic hair. This is helping to make pubic lice homeless, but there are also risks to genital de- depilation. Never heard of that word before, depilation. Um, so basically, like waxing or shaving or sugaring can cause cuts, abrasions, infections from pubic hair removal. Right, so you're more susceptible to other STIs if you have open cuts or abrasions. That's right. She advises making sure uh, the hair removal practitioner doesn't double dip the wooden sticks into the wax, which could spread bacteria between clients. That's kind of gross. If shaving, use a clean razor, prep the skin appropriately, and go in the direction of the hair growth to avoid increasing the risk of ingrown hairs, which can get infected. Um, above all, Gunter wants people to make an informed choice. Quote, pubic hair has a, has a function. It is probably a mechanical barrier to protect the, and protection for the skin. This is really interesting. It may also have a role in sexual functioning because each pubic hair is attached to a nerve ending and that's why it hurts to remove it. Right. Well, um, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a correlation between people who can, who like experience orgasms with and without pubic hair. I don't know. But remember when uh, we were talking to that gynecologist or I can't remember if it was a gynecologist who we were speaking to. It was some medical professional that said that uh, reports of um, vaginal pain are are higher in uh, bodies without pubic hair. Yes, that's right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Man, I'll tell you, like, I I am really... um, not that this fucking matters, but I'm just going to toss it out there. I've been really, I love seeing some bush. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love when I pull down a pair of pants and I'm, and like I get to see just a nice little fro. Right. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I like to keep it trimmed uh, down. I have laser on this, uh, on my bikini line um, because for a while there, I, I just was like so tired of, um, well, I am just really tired of the braiding it all. Shaving. You just like have to braid it and then tuck it in. I remember yeah. when you were doing that, that was, uh, that was so time consuming. Yeah. I'd be like, babe, let's go to the beach. And it was like 12, you know, it was like high, high noon. And then, and then you're like, okay, sure, just let me braid my pubes. And then, and then it was like six o'clock. Sun was going down, and you're like, I'm done, braided and tucked. And then I was like, well, fuck it, sun's down. So yeah, I missed too many beach days, so I got laser. Um, and then, but the other day, I was kind of looking at it, and I was like, bah, I kind of miss it, just like being all wily down there. That being said, I don't miss it that much. All right, the final one, getting older can affect the vagina. I'm Get, not, I mean, Sorry, what? Getting older can affect the vagina. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that one's kind of like, yeah, of course. But why? But what, in what way? After years of having periods and maybe children, the ovaries stop producing eggs and menstruation stops. The amount of hormones in the body, which keeps women fertile, drops dramatically and low levels, levels of oost, oh, oh, oh. Estrogen spelt with an O? I didn't know that. Mm. Or is that a... Is that a uh, it might be a typo. O-E-S-T-R-O-G-E-N. In particular, affect the vagina and vulva. These tissues, which were once kept moist with mucus, can atrophy, and the resulting dryness can cause pain during sex because of lack of lubrication. 
Interesting, interesting, interesting. I was talking to the Momgasm girls the other night, and they were telling me that, uh, or one of them was telling me that um, she saw a herbalist for dry vagina, and uh, the herbalist like made her some tincture and was like, in a couple of weeks, she was like back in business. Huh? I have to go to the kitchen for a second. All right, do it really quick. I'll uh, I'll kind of plug us through here. Um, well, I hope I hope that you know I hope there was something in there that might have been. Who knows? Most people listening might have been like, I already knew all this, but you never know. You know, I've I've seen I remember there was like weird stuff coming up on Goop that like Gwyneth Paltrow's like brand of whatever her fucking brand is. And she was trying to sell like she was selling like douchey, not douchey as in like, ugh, but douchey, like douche type products and stuff. Then And people were just like, oh, my God. Oh, it was I remember. Goop was trying to sell like a fucking vaginal steamer. Goop? Yeah. You know Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's... Oh. That, the, Gwyneth that, Paltrow, the woman who brought yoga to the West, right? She, <laughs> she gets a lot of hate. Um, but yeah, she was trying to sell like a vaginal steam cleaner or something. And, and there was just a bunch of articles that were like, please don't do this to your vagina. But but people... She's like a light, a pe- light steam. Yeah. To but, steam out the wrinkles. Yeah. And, you know... Those kinds of fads, I guess people, you know, I guess some people with vaginas just don't know. I saw it at the spa in um, L.A. when I was there. There, Such there was like LA thing. they were just like all these women squatting over these like little showers. Um, but I also yeah. had one of the best spa experiences of my life there. I went in to this room and it was full of like it was a line of beds. And you lay on it, you're totally naked. And this woman comes around with like a a mountain of scrub and scrubs every inch of your skin. Not in your vagina, but definitely in between your labia and your thigh, like right up in there. So like she might accidentally be scraping your vulva. I yeah, she might be scraping the vulva a little tiny good. bit, but no, but she, but it it you your walk out of there. She eat your butthole? Pretty much, yeah. Like wow. just with the edge of her, like the the pinky edge of the hand, you know, it's just like kind of a What a job, eh? I mean Isn't it so I sometimes I just think about those types of jobs, like people that cut hair, people that squeeze blackheads. Squeeze blackheads. Uh, that'd be such a fun job. These people that like scrub buttholes. And I'm just like, wow, what a what a fascinating creature we are that that we that th- that's become jobs like that's we give people money to do <laughs> right. those things or it's like you look at monkeys and they're just they're just doing it to each other because like it, they're community and it's and it's it's like bonding and and that's what they do but like we go in and we're like you're a stranger we don't need to talk you go in pick my pimples and then i'm out of here and here's some money thanks yeah. for the transaction yeah nobody loves me enough to do this yeah. in my personal life that's how I, I mean. I'm literally I, about to add that to my Tinder profile. Yeah. I just need someone who's willing to pick my blackheads every night. You don't have that many. Find them. Just. They're nowhere. Yeah. You know what? Look harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pluck out your hairs one by one. I would love that. Fuck, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to. This isn't really a brain boner, but I think it is very important for us to read 
Are you talking is, about the response to last it is a, week? It is a response to last week's Brain Boner. If you haven't listened to last week, essentially, in a nutshell, we had someone write in to ask whether or not any of our listeners have been able to orgasm through Q-tip fucking their, their own ears. Because Gilin, who wrote in, basically is like so close to coming from Q-tipping her ear. And it's like orgasmic. So somebody wrote in, and I'm not going to use uh, his name. Gee. We'll say Gee. Um, and this is the response. This is my one of my favorite emails I've ever gotten. And again, I, you know, if I laugh, which I laughed last week, I wasn't laughing at the person. I wasn't laughing at Keelan. It's just kind of, it's just, it's funny. It's like when I'm watching the movie, this Apple Plus just put out this new show called C. And it's about like in the future, there was like a mass extinction event. And like only 2 million people were left on earth, but all 2 million people were left blind. And then everyone that was born after that going forward was blind. And so sight is no longer a thing. And now it's like so far into the future that the concept of sight is gone. Yeah. And so you're watching the show and it's about these tribes and they're trying to survive and it's very like harrowing. It's like basically Game of Thrones, but everyone's blind. It's not a comedy, but it's... There's a lot, like, I'm laughing at it a lot. Yeah. Because I'm just like, man, they can't see. And this is crazy, you know? So it's like, I'm not laughing at them. <laughs> I'm not laughing at their blindness. I'm just laughing at the absurdity of it all. And so that's exactly how I felt about last week's brain boner. I'm not laughing about this person's desire to come through fucking her ears with Q-tips. I'm just laughing at the sentence that just came out of my mouth. Right. Okay, so here's exactly how I feel about this email. Hello, first time writer, long time listener. I was very excited to hear somebody write in about ear stimulation. I am also built in such a way. The ear bone is connected to the hip bone. I've, <laughs> I've often wondered if I could classify this place inside my ear as a G-spot. It brings me such euphoric pleasure. I clean my ears obsessively with all kinds of objects. My favorite being the bended end of a bobby pin that can scoop and scrape. I can go deep in my particular ears. I do not recommend, in quotes, size queen. I often rummage in people's bathrooms and pocketing them when I find them, referring to the bobby pins. Though my ear, my ears completely do not want to be this clean. They ache and show numerous signs of displeasure. Jesus, fuck. I have to fight the urge to clean my ears to protect them. It's entirely similar to a drug addict who needs a fix. It's that pleasurable. Although I do not foresee an orgasm in the future, I do know that my ears will ache from the sweet penetration. Cheers. I love it. He spelled cheers with ears. Yeah, cheers. But yeah, ears. (laughs) Cheers. Um. I, I gotta say, man. Thank you so much for writing and um, putting together that beautifully humorous take on your own pleasure. But also, just stop. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta step in here for the for the well being of your fucking sense of hearing. Yeah, I'm not so sure. It's not going to be fun when you go deaf in like a couple of years. Yeah, it's not. It's not the safest. If the feeling is so good, like put, but let me put it this way: How good is the feeling? 
Is it good enough that you're cool with not being able to hear the sound of your loved ones' voices when they tell you that they love you? It might be worse than that. It might be like the ringing sound oh, yeah, or like a or bit of a siren in your own ear. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know. What? I. It just makes me... Yes. I just feel so bad. I feel so bad. Like I want this, I want Guy here to like, to just take, to just take the biggest fucking ear dildo and to fuck his ear and feel so good but i also just feel you know i feel like i'd be a a bad human being to like implore this person to just stop like if uh you know you were addicted to heroin yeah and i just really i get it i get that it's so nice and that that it's that sweet hit yeah but also i love you and i don't want you to you know be addicted to heroin Okay. Well, I mean, friends. But again, he 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 specified that he he it, it's not an orgasm feeling. Yeah. He's not getting to orgasm. So we're still on the hunt if there is anybody out there. But yeah. he seems to be sharing the same sentiment. I feel as like Ghislaine. I feel like friends, if if you're getting the sensation from inside your ears, um it's it, you you probably get a similar if not like definitely safer sensation just by getting one of those head scratchers. I think it's the the nerve mm. endings of the, around the scalp. I, like I think you're still going to get the same impact. But anyway, I don't really know. Or maybe a flashlight, you know? That's if way you have a penis. far away from your ears. I know, but if you've never had, if I've never used a flashlight yet, but I have a feeling that uh, the reason, one of the reasons I haven't is because I'm like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get addicted to flashlights. Okay. I don't think that's a risk. I do. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It probably feels so good. I would weird me out, I think, too much. It just weird, that it, squishy sort of like, how do you clean it? Well, you just, I don't know. Whatever. Put it in the dishwasher? Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with all your coffee mugs. <laughs> um, All right. You got to adjust the tips real quick? Well, this isn't like... I guess so. This is maybe this comes off kind of cheap, but I, oh, in thinking about my existential crisis, I um, I was like, oh, remember that neuroscience is all about gratitude practice, and so yeah, my just the tip is to actually ask you, oh, you're leaving, um, is to actually ask you what you're grateful for. What am I grateful for? Um. I am grateful. Hmm. Every time you ask me this, I'm always caught off guard. I mean, I'm grateful for the things that I'm, you know, that I'm always grateful. Like my Big B there. Just yeah. watching Big B stretch. Oh, That's my like stretch. one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for the quality time that you and I rarely, but when we do, it's really, really nice. The quality time that we get to spend with my nephews. Mm. because the other day you and I went over to Natasha's house and we hung out with our two young nephews. Um, if you don't, fo- like, shameless plug, go follow me on Instagram, at Jeremy Saunders, or just go to my, you don't have to follow me, but like, might as well, while you're there. Um, there's a highlight on my 
on my Instagram. It's the first highlight right at the top called Austin and Hudson. Yeah. And it's just videos of these two kids. And I know that everyone's like, oh, my kids or my niece and nephew are like the cutest or no. Like you all need to (laughs) shut the fuck up. I know that you think that. But once you see like once you see Austin and how obese this baby is. Not because Natasha's overfeeding him, just because genetically he's just, he's just a bread roll. Yeah. And it is the fucking cutest thing. He has rolls upon rolls. I just can't. I can't. And he's just so happy. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for having those kids in my life and to like go over there with you and just watch you play with them. And it was really sweet. Cool. That's great. That's your just the tips? That's my just the tips is that you should incorporate that question into your day anytime asking others asking others and and yourself yourself, because sometimes things just slip by taken for granted and uh and i think it's important to recognize that in that in that waiting feeling that i was describing that waiting for things to be like perfectly aligned to to feel satisfied and to feel happy that that so many things are just slipping by unappreciated so that's my just I like my that just one. The tip. That's a good one. Yeah. What's yours? What's your tips? My just the tip is um, is a uh, an artist actually. So I have this art book. I, I'm really I'm a really big fan of illustrative art, and uh, James Jean is like one artist that I love a lot. I have a lot of his like a lot of his original paintings in the house. I have some of his like tat- some of his artwork tattooed on me, and. Um, my buddy Dave Culligan was uh, he was in Berlin not too long ago and he bought me a book called Zero Friends and it's a it's an like a coffee table book full of uh, a series of different artists and some of their works and the other day I was kind of just browsing through it and I came across this artist uh, his name is Jason Edmiston E D M I S T O N you can look him up on Instagram uh, or go to his website jasonedmiston.com but he has a lot of like a lot of his art is references to pop culture, specifically characters in like movies. Okay. Um, and he has this series where it's it's just um, the eyes and like part of the nose of of certain characters. Okay. So it's like these these sort of like wide lens, you know, like wide angle ratio illustrations of just the eyes and it's like characters like um you know like um uh totoro from like my neighbor totoro uh samuel jackson from pulp fiction uh um dracula um you know robocop things like that like just any character that's like very recognizable yeah and it's just really fucking cool. Like his his artwork is really cool. Um, his the, the style of his art, I just like it really pops. It's really beautiful. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, uh, I highly suggest checking out Jason Edmiston. Um, and if you have any recommendations for art that you like, like illustrative art, uh, please like let me know because I love that shit. And also, if you have a, if you're a music maker out there and you have this, are just the tips segment, you know, we're, it's new. We're just giving out recommendations. We're just giving just a tip uh, on a recommendation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to put some music to to our our little segment here. So you can send if you have a just the tips theme song, we can chuck in there. Uh, send it on over to turnmeonpodcast at gmail dot com. I think that is a uh, a lovely pitch. Oh, oh hi! Is Becca here? Becca's here. Hi. Hi. Um, do you want to throw it to this week's episode? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. We had a great conversation with uh, today's guest. Um, she was all the way over from Edmonton visiting Halifax, and we had the chance to sit down with her and talk about some really cool things. Uh, it was a cool conversation. Uh, you know, it starts off with a love story <laughs> straight out of a erotic novel, and uh, gets into some some kind of kind of like really lovely chats about um, feminism and uh, restorative justice and some really just cool shit. So take a listen. I'm really grateful to you for coming out, Diana. And uh, I hope you all love this conversation as much as, much as we did. All right, love you all, and uh, we will see you on the other side. I mean, I, I think I think it would be fun to talk about my relationship with my partner and like I've been thinking about how I might like to talk about that because I, I want to like I think it's I think it's been like a really interesting experience like falling in love with someone who is my professor and then kind of like going on this like journey together. Yeah, F- you know that's email. such a is such a fantasy to me. <laughs> It's pretty funny, Do actually. Tell. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's funny. I was like, I it, I happened to be on another podcast. I'd never been on a podcast before. But on Wednesday, someone asked me to come on to their podcast. And they, I was their first guest. And they're like, we want you to talk about polyamory. So I kind of mentioned that that's how we met. And they were like, hold the phone. And they yeah. like paused everything. They were like, can we talk about this? And it was just so funny because uh, my partner listened. And he was like, wow, there's like a lot of like, people love it. Yeah. You know? It's salacious. Yeah. It it's, is. Yeah, it's like yeah. it is a. Yeah. It is. I'm pretty sure it's a. It's a category on Pornhub. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely, I, well, I've definitely. If it isn't, it should definitely. be. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's something like. Can we? Can we dive into that right now? Yeah. So are we on? So, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. We're yeah. sneaky like that. Yeah. Uh-huh, you're so sneaky. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you. So this is your current partner. This is my current partner. That you're yeah. current, currently with. Yep. And before you you two were uh, an item, mm-hmm. he was your professor? That's how you met him? Indeed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, okay, so, so wh- I guess my first question is, what's the, what's the age difference? 15 years. Okay. Yeah. So, older man. Yep. Than you. Yep. Um, I'm almost you're, 30. You're 80, so he's like, yeah, he's, he's really pushing He's almost it. 96. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I help him a lot around the house. <laughs> yeah. So sweet of you. Um, uh, what's the, can we like, can we go through like the sort of origin story of how that, that works? Because like there is something very, um, 
I know I've had that that kind of fantasy. Oh yeah. Of like past teachers. Um, not so much in university, but I definitely like definitely I had a junior high school teacher and a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had a high school teacher that like once. I'm I'm pretty sure she for sure was like cross some boundaries with you. No, not with me. <laughs> no, but like with like with students waiting for them to like graduate. Oh yeah, kind of scenario. And she was also right. really beautiful. So I, I definitely had some like nights just thinking about her um <laughs> so like how what was that what was that like like how do you how do you how does it start well it's really funny um I started I, I switched into a different program like I had been studying um on the west coast but then I moved to Alberta and I was um starting school and I was just getting set up at school and like walking around and I saw this guy and I was like, hello. Like I was kind of like eyeing him up and I was like, whoa, like who is that person? And um, he kind of eyed me up too. And I was like, Ooh. and then um, and then I got to class and it was like there he was at the front of the class. And I was like, oh, fuck, because like I, I feel like I've also had like it, it just so happens that this guy I was checking out was also like going to be my professor. But I've had like I've had an interest in professors and teachers and things like that before but it's always just been kind of something that I've like privately enjoyed and so when I met him I was like oh I'm totally hooped like I'm gonna have to like really keep this in check because I just you know I can be an impulsive person and maybe that's not a bad thing um was there ever like a (laughs) like was there did, did it ever cross your mind of like if I if I cross a little bit of a line I might get better grades, you know, like, like, were they like, was there part of it that was kind of like a, like sort of selfish kind of sneaky mm, no. or was it really just, she, I can't, I'm really hoping she she's going to be like, yeah, totally. I was, <laughs> I was failing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm a pretty good student. <clears throat> I can say I, I'm a pretty good student. So that did not cross my mind. Um, but I, I did end up working, uh, with him with like on a research project. So I kind of got hired like to work on a research project and, and it was just kind of curious cause it was like, I'm like putting it aside, putting it aside. I'm like, okay, this is not a thing. But then it really like the tension built up over a couple of years and it was like, all right, this is not going away. But no, I never, I never tried to get better grades because should, of okay. it. Yeah. If, if he had, to throw you under not the a bus, bad yeah. idea though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's part of the fantasy. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, oh, what was I going to ask? Was there was there a part of if he hadn't been your professor, would you have acted on it earlier? Were, were you withholding because of like I don't know? Is it a real thing that they could lose their job? If the, yeah, actually, yeah, I with I withheld for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I was the first one to to bring it up, like just bring the subject up. I'm like. This is not, I'm not imagining things, am I? Like, we're feeling on the same page. Um, How did you bring it up? We were in a coffee shop, and um, I kind of brought it up in a, in a funny way. I just, I just kind of had to put it out there, because it was like, it had been like quite a while that we'd known each other, and I was like, I'm trying to like ignore this. So I just said, I was like, look, I'm feeling some things. I'm feeling some vibes. Like, I I'm, I'm think you do too, and I'm not sure. And so then he was like, he got super awkward and I like I've never seen him awkward like I've never seen him not have words because he's like you know he's a smart guy <laughs> and he kind of stumbled over his words for a while so then after that it was kind of like a long pass, uh, process of unpacking it and um and we were really careful we were super super careful and then and then it is a real thing like we we discussed it and and then it was like okay this is something that that you could be on the line for so we're just going to be like really responsible and 
um, not act on it until until you're right. done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we did, and it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, I finished school and I, I was transferring out of the program anyway. I wasn't into it, and um, but as soon as I like planned to transfer and I finished school, my dad got really sick. Um, so I had to move home to the coast and. So the beginning of our relationship was kind of like this weird thing where we were like long distance from afar. I was taking care of my dad, like with my family, but it was also kind of fun because it was like, okay, I mean, not obviously not the part about my dad being sick, but I mean, being away and like suddenly being like, okay, this is how we feel. And how are we going to figure this out? We've got like, you know, I mean, I'm 80, you're 95. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. <laughs> and like um, flying is really hard for you right now. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to pack a scooter on a... Plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, and then it was kind of like, okay, for a long time, we've had like a particular kind of like student professor relationship where there's like power dynamics that we've always been like, you know, he's always been mindful of that in like lots of ways. It's like he's not really interested in being the kind of professor who like holds power over people. But there was definitely that kind of like interesting dynamic. And so we had to kind of start unlearning that. But in the process of unlearning that, we also like discovered BDSM. I, w- I was just <laughs> going to ask that. Like I was going to ask if it, it because that th- th- those par- power dynamics are already there mm-hmm. in, in one regard. Mm-hmm. But like, did they, did they kind of spill over into the relationship in a new <laughs> sort of explorative way, which sounds like it, it might have, or, or were the role, please tell me the roles were reversed and you were like, now I'm the teacher. Well, it's funny. I like. I really wish that that were the case. Like, I wrote in your e- the email. I was like, "Can you guess which one of us is the sub?" Yeah. Um, right. But I hate to disappoint you. I, I've. I feel like I've like discovered this like real like. I'm totally into being a sub. And that which... did that just come just through this relationship, or did you have have you dabbled with it before? Never dabbled with it before. The only Whoa. time I think I ever like like the sex <laughs> that I had had previous to this, it was you know it was like good good sex. Um. But I was I was saying to my friends last night, we were chatting and I was like, you know, the only thing that really like was mildly kinky before I met JP was um, I was wrestling with a guy I really liked one night and then we started making out and I was like, oh, totally into this. But like that doesn't really it's like I, I guess you could kind of bridge that between, you know, BDSM and but not really. It's just kind of like mild. Right. Um, but it just kind of happened. It was like started with spanking and then, you know, like sex got kind of rough and like we started to really enjoy it. And then we kind of started like learning about like, yeah, kink and BDSM. And sure. it just so happened that he was like, wow, he's he's always had like an interest in like kind of dominating people. But he's he's also a really strong feminist. So he's like, there's such a contradiction here. Like, mm-hmm. how can I how can I be a feminist and want to punish you? You know, <laughs> great question. Yeah. Yeah, but we've been working that out, and that's kind of the fun of it. I think the thing is, is that it's a safe space to explore that. Mm -hmm. That's like where you kind of can. It's play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's an interesting history, like in feminism, where it's like, I mean, there there are lots of kinds of feminism, right? Like there are tons of different feminisms, but I think in the '80s there was like the sex wars, and there was kind of a divergence with feminists where it was like some of them were like interested in like liberating sex and pleasure and like you know helping women and you know trans people and like helping people work towards like liberating their desires but then there's like there are other factions of feminists who are like really not interested and 
um, indulging that. And so there are there's like a vein of feminism that once said like, okay, well, if you're engaging in any sort of BDSM activity, you're playing into patriarchy. And, you know, how can that be feminist? So I think that I, I think that I think that mindset has kind of been shifted especially i mean thinking about all the people who come on the podcast like this i think this has been discussed a lot yeah. yeah i feel like we're kind of going through like a another like over the last i don't know arbitrarily throwing out a number here like maybe 5 6 7 years like we're going through this new sexual evolution you mm-hmm. know or mm-hmm. or revolution mm-hmm. um similar to like similar to the the 60s you know, where it's like there's there's a lot, but also I have to like fully recognize that we kind of live in an echo chamber. Like we host a fucking podcast where like every every week we're talking to people about like all Deviance. the fun, yeah fun shit that they're doing in their in their bedroom. Uh, but I do like I do think that there's a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more discussion surrounding the you know the the freedom of which people can express mm. themselves sexually mm. um, it's so much more nuanced than, than yeah you're mm. repressed or you're free absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. um so so coming back to this relationship and as it's like you know as you guys start exploring the the power dynamics even within mm-hmm. your your sexual relationship um did 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 any like teacher student role play stuff like <laughs> kind of like sneak its way in there like no, um, but I have really enjoyed um, kind of <coughs> sneaking in the like daddy little stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. yeah, that was that was that was I'm to blame for that. So it was, it's actually kind of funny. Like I think probably a year ago, like I think there was a phase where where you guys talked a little bit about this, like about the DDLG stuff, and yeah. I was like, that's so fascinating, and it kind of like tickled me a little. I was like, hmm, and so then I like kind of ran it by him. I'm like, oh, what do you think about this? And at first he's like, oh, it's kind of weird. But so then I just started like <laughs> I'd send him like texts, but then I would like add daddy to the end, and then he'd be like. Oh, hey. why does this make me feel like, yeah. you know, kind of turned on? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny how that word, like, yeah. that word can be one of two things. It can be the silliest, like, <laughs> most cringy thing that you could say mm-hmm. to, like, your friends. But then when, like, a lover says it, it it's kind of like, it totally shifts <laughs> for some reason, for some people. Yeah. 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 I'm all about that. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely know not everyone is into that, but. No, yeah, totally. Know, it's kind of, it's kind of joyful. It's like, I don't know. Why not? Like sex, sex can be like fun and full of kind of weirdness. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. You said, you know, Jeremy, you just said that, you know, you're like, I don't know if it's that we live in an echo chamber or if people are feeling more free. And like, that's, I'd love to talk about that a little more because. When I come to Halifax, I'm like, this place is super sexy, you know, and and I have limited experience. But when I go out on the weekends, like when I go to the bar here and meet people, it's like there's a lot. I feel like there is a lot of engagement. Like I can meet tons of people one night in a bar and there's like a lot of, you know, connection. And there are also a lot of sexy people here, I think. (laughs) Good looking city. It is a good looking city. Um, But I live in Alberta and it's like. I have yeah. a rough time with it there. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think you've been to Alberta. Have you like have you both I, been? I have been. I've been yeah. there a bunch. Yeah, oh. and and like I I haven't really taken in like the nightlife mm. out there. Mm. But also like if you if you compare, you know, Nova Scotia to Alberta, like mm. one is typically a very um, left leaning <laughs> province, and mm-hmm. the other is trying to literally fucking vacate the country. <laughs> Indeed, because they are. the the you know because we have a, a left leaning 
prime minister. So like yeah. mm-hmm. that conservative view obviously like lends a bit of a um I think there's a lot of like sexual repression that obviously mm-hmm. comes with with like conservative territory for the most part. Um so it kind of makes sense, but mm-hmm. I don't know like is is like is Calgary different? Like is there is there s- sort of a like are there any sort of Austin Texases of Alberta, you know what I mean? Like little hubs that are a bit weird within the the sort of mm. blue zone that that is the province of Alberta. There are there are some sex <coughs> clubs and some swingers clubs. I haven't I haven't gone yet. I've been like looking. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to go. Um there it seems like there are a few of them in each like in both Edmonton and Calgary. Um yeah, I spent some time at like a sex positive education center because I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I might be meet people I'm into. And then it was like, didn't really didn't really hit it off. I'm not really sure why, but I think there I think there are pockets. Yeah, but I have a hard time finding them. Like I have a hard time. So like it's interesting. I sometimes feel I'm like, oh, it's like a bit of a bubble here in Alberta where it's yeah. like, I know there are like kinky people everywhere, but they're hard to find. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So you and JP, it's JP, right? Yeah. Yeah. You and JP are, you're in a polyamorous arrangement. Mm -hmm. Did we mention that already? I don't think we did. Okay. So that's why you're actively looking around um, for, now, how long have you been that way since things like kicked off? Yeah. Yeah. Before we got together, I started learning about polyamory and I was like, what is this? This is so fantastic. I had never, I'd never really thought about like how important it is to like name a way of life or like name something that really fits with you but when I like learned about polyamory I was like this is something I could really get into I really want to try it because I had had like a string of like great monogamous relationships but then in every one I like would fuck it up like it just I wasn't good so I was like okay for me if I'm gonna have another relationship it it has to be like more open because I don't want to hurt people 
So I started telling him about it. And this was before we got together. And he was like, this is really interesting. Like, I, I, I would be really into trying this. And so we had a lot of conversations about, like, the struggles we had had with monogamy. So he was, like, on board from the get-go. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's fun. Like, it's been maybe four years now. And it's definitely, like, I'm looking back. I'm like, oh, it's been, like, a real learning process. You know, at the beginning, it was, like, quite messy and hard and and now i mean even just thinking about this weekend like it's interesting i was i was going out and i was like oh there are like a lot of sexy people here and like he was texting me and he's like i hope you sleep with someone and i'm like this is great you know because i he's much easier going about it than i am where i'm like okay tell me if you're gonna have sex with this person like even if there's a hint like i need to know but i I think that like we're both learning from each other in that way and like it's an adventure and maybe you agree (laughs) oh most certainly it is it's always it's always a there's always hoops it's a, to be jumping through. Yeah, like the whole like polyamory concept is like a doorway into this weird wonderland of like <laughs> things floating by and like where, you know, just like you're kind of falling through space a little bit, like bumping things as you go and not really sure where you're going. And like, I, I just find it so interesting it's constantly uncomfortable for me. It's constantly uncomfortable, but in like the way that you kind of have to be uncomfortable if you want to learn anything mm-hmm. new. And so... Like the way running is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's lots of positive outcomes from yeah. running. It's very good for mm-hmm. your mind and your body. But um, but yeah, it just uh, I, I, like drifting around in that world of like what is it exactly that 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 i want to build if i'm going to make all of this partnering up work for me and like serving my own sort of like i don't know motives or interests and mm-hmm. like i don't even know when it happened but at some point I was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to have kids. But like, I think I just always assumed that I would without mm-hmm. even having, having thought about it. Like even when you and I first got together, Jeremy was like, well, let's find out if, if we even can. And yeah. then we'll we'll talk about like, if not, then then we'll talk about maybe adopting. And then like a couple of years later, it's like, oh, I don't even want children. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's interesting. What does my life look like now? No? And did that did that realization happen before you decided to be polyamorous, or did that just kind of happen over time when you got together? I think it happened for me before we opened things yeah, up. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then meeting a new partner and being like, "Oh, is it that I don't want to have babies with you, or do I not want to have babies <laughs> right. with anybody?" And then after a while, I mean, like. No, that was just like the new relationship energy of like, knock me up. Um, I still don't want them. <laughs> but anyway. Oh my goodness. Just drifting Good. around there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's it like having an uh, an older partner? Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, there's, lo- That's there's my other lots. That's <laughs> It's great. I mean. He's it's not been- actually 90. Just so, just so everyone, uh, <laughs> so everyone knows. Hey, he's, what, he's in his 40s? He's 45. Yeah. 45. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, it was kind of funny, like, introducing him to the family because it was like, well, not only is like, oh, this was my professor, but also, like, here we are, like, this big age difference. But people were pretty cool about it. But 
I don't know. I think I thought that maybe I was concerned that, oh, will this have an impact like later in life? You know, my mom had sat me down one right, time of course. and was like, you know, he's going to get old before you do. And I'm like, yeah. Although, <laughs> like, we don't know when we're going to go, you know, yeah. who mm-hmm. knows? So, um, so also, gonna, I feel like that, that sort of cut you off. No, like, okay. I feel like that, like, once you get to your 30s, Age difference, I don't really see like makes a difference unless you unless you're getting into like geriatric territory, and then it's like okay, well, <laughs> there's a gap, you know, like they're, they're, these are two very different lives. Yeah, but like, you know, a I don't thir- know. Really, a thirty year old with a fifty year old? Not that, that doesn't that doesn't like 20, make me. But that's we're talking like about twenty, 20 years, years of yeah. life experience. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Maybe not much changes in the male. Uh, species no i get it but i i I, look i know i know i know but what i'm saying is like i feel like there is a i feel like the the science behind like uh uh, uh, the way we mature it's like once you're 25 your brain your brain is like done the growth process right and you are of course you're gonna like change as a as a person as you grow Mm -hmm. and have experiences but like by the time you're 30 you're not going to be that much different than you are when you're 50. Right. Hmm. You know? And so like 15 years of age difference Mm -hmm. between the two of you, I don't look at that and go, that's fucking, that's intense. You know, like it's definitely not, but I guess I just wonder, like, did you find if, if I don't know, maybe some of your previous partners were older as well, or there was age difference there, but I just wondered if like, you know, do, (laughs) do, uh, they eventually grow up. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I meant. Um, but do the do like you know, especially working with jealousy and relationship mm-hmm. dynamics and stuff like that, and they've had some experience like not putting all of your shit on other people, mm-hmm. and like like do you feel like yeah? I guess you notice any 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 sort of differences that are like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he is he's he's definitely like kind of a rock like he's super secure and I mean at the beginning of like opening things up it was like ooh, this is challenging it was challenging for both of us but he's he's a he's pretty like wise in that way where he goes okay you know like I know we're happy together I know that this is not a concern and and like he's he's had like some bad relationships and he's kind of like thinking back on like all of his life ex- all of his many life experiences as this old man <laughs> <laughs> And and I think he has I don't know it seems like he has a little more perspective and it's kind of nice because for me like I mean especially like when we first got together I was 25 so it was like still kind of trying to figure things out and even just not thinking necessarily about sex but just about life like he kind of has a shit he definitely has a shit together and if I were with a partner at that time who didn't have a shit together it would be hard for me to get my shit together yeah. I think yeah you know and um and I, and I also like we've talked too like as I've been like you know going on dates and like trying to you know find someone who's like compatible for me it's like um we often talk that like he and i often talk about like some struggles that i've had with with guys who seem like okay are is this person does this person just need to like mature a little bit like in you know maybe in sort of i don't know if i can really elaborate on that but um does that make sense am i making any sense yeah totally (laughs) are they do you notice any like generational differences well, you know, when it comes to like pop culture totally. or, or like uh, or or even just like like the way like I'm thinking of my dad right now. Right. My mm. dad's like, what, like 55. Mm. And like I look at my dad and I look at myself and I see like the differences that I see 
are, you know, like my dad doesn't know how to fucking communicate, you know, or he doesn't know how to talk <laughs> about his feelings. Like the guy just shoves all this shit down as deep down right. as he can because because he's a 55 year old man and right. like that's what his fucking dad did and that's what his dad did before him mm. and also probably like where he's from and how he was raised and stuff mm-hmm. but like I feel like that is you know there's like these generational differences in terms of the way that that older in quotations people go about their day and mm-hmm. like and and handle certain situations right do you know stuff like that um that's a really good question actually it's it's kind of interesting sometimes i'm like where did you come from because i mean he i guess he grew up i mean he would have been a teenager in the 90s early 90s i guess um but he's kind of had like a weird like but like kind of a radical life i mean he spent a lot of time like in kind of like peace movements anti-war movements social justice stuff and so um and having been always like a feminist it's like i'm like how did you turn to this person like he's from Cape Breton and not to say that you know Cape Breton isn't like a hub for like sex positive radicals but I, I don't know I don't, maybe it is maybe it I isn't I don't think it is I don't think no? it is no? yeah no not really someone prove us wrong yeah. <laughs> actually we, I did have someone just reach out from uh, from Cape Breton who's like we're super kinky up here we'd love to be on the show That's wonderful so, stay tuned yeah wonderful I'll definitely take a listen um but yeah, ton, tons of like, I mean, pop culture differences. Like he's constantly introducing me to movies I've never seen and music I've never listened to. And I'm like, did I grow up in a like in a hole? But it's like, oh, no, we just have we had very different. He's like, upbringing. I love this show MASH. It's so good. And you're like, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, what is that? No, I actually never watched MASH. So that is a good that is a Neither good did I, 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 yeah. I, I'm just guessing yeah. that's around yeah. his time. <laughs> um, but I don't know. We talk about this all the time. It's like in terms of like his openness and like the the generation gap, I'm like, are other men like how do you generalize like are there are other men your age like able to communicate the way you do like how have you learned this but he like i mean i don't know if this relates to the question but i mean he had like a really you know he had a lot of women surrounding him in his upbringing so he's like i feel like i could attribute a lot of my growth to that and um and um having been like he also kind of a lot of his early sexual experiences were with like women who were like strong and assertive and were like this is what's going to happen you know and so I feel like he kind of like I don't know if that plays into it at all but it's hard I mean another friend of mine was with um, a man who was about like similar in the age difference and he he couldn't communicate like Mm -hmm. it was I could see very clearly it was like okay this is not this can't just be like an age thing so I don't know it's hard to it's hard to say and it's not to say that everyone that like there's people my age that can't communicate like Mm -hmm. that's you know that's I think that just there's people of all ages that don't mm-hmm. know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can I can I ask like so coming back to when when things s- sort of started for you two, mm-hmm. was there professionally and like personally was there much backlash on his end or even even your end mm. w- with the fact that you two were getting together and he was your professor? Yeah, we were so cautious, like so, so cautious, which is really interesting because I think now, you know, I was just talking to somebody at the university where I'm at now and this person who's in the faculty was like, oh, professors and students sleep together all the time. Like it's it's like happening everywhere. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> um, but for us, it was yeah, we had to be super secretive. So when we got together, we were very careful. We're like, don't post anything on Facebook. Don't post anything anywhere. Um, and it was a real challenge because um, our friend group um we were we were nervous to tell the people that we knew because we had kind of seen like some judgment and um, oddly enough, the people we had spent time with were like a social justice leaning kind of group of people. And um, 
he went on a date early on with someone else and it kind of got through that it's like oh okay well um you know he's seeing two people and there was like some ostracism there and things got weird and so we were like really really secretive and then after a couple of years he um he told the dean of his department he okay. was like look this is you know i'm in this relationship and the dean was like that's fantastic um dean's like that's fantastic i'm dating several of my own students <laughs> it's a pretty thing. much it's what yeah. we do here. <laughs> join the club yeah. <laughs> um but I mean, it's been so long now, but we, um, yeah, recently we've had some trouble. Like, I don't want to say too much about it, but I mean, recently we had um, uh, a former student kind of, um, yeah, like she, like a former student contacted someone that he's been working with, like kind of extracurricularly and, and, and said some really, like, really terrible things about him, kind of like treating him as like a, kind of like a sex predator, like acting as if. I didn't have any say in yeah. the development of this relationship. And that's been right. really hard, actually, because it's like, OK, I want to believe that people are cool and like recognize that, you know, sex and relationships comes in all sorts of forms. But I, I think it's really highlighted that it's like, OK, I think it's I think for me, I think it's like I can't assume what that person is judging us for. But I mean, it's tied up in a lot of things like being like the age difference. And um, clearly there are some judgments around like student professor um, dynamics, I guess. Um, so it's actually caused like a lot of anxiety, which is a real drag because we have a great relationship. <laughs> anxiety because of, for what reason? Um, well, I mean, she was kind of like sending him messages and, and when she contacted these people that she was working with, it was like, they contacted us, of course. They're like, hey, we just want to give you a heads up to what this person is saying about you two. And it was like, oh, man, it's really hard. And so it's like, Shh. we know that she's been saying things like around, you know, around the community. And it's just yeah. like, man, like, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to have to defend our relationship in any way. But um, I just have to trust that, like, people aren't going to take I, this person. I get that. Word, you know? like, I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Too, like yeah. we I mean, there was a there was a very brief period of time where like within our social friend group like there was a little bit of a little bit of like i don't know how to get into this without saying too much but like a little bit of shit talk like in the background mm. when we first opened our relationship mm. up and and i was i remember being like really affected by it yeah you know like questioning like why why are they talking about shit that has nothing to do with them behind our backs without like coming to me to ask how this all works and like those types of things. Yeah. Um, mm. And that is, that's, that's stressful. Like yeah. you don't want your relationship. You and you don't want to be like the subject of gossip. I mean, yeah. mostly like when I, when I felt that I just wanted <laughs> to be like, I don't fucking care what anyone has to say, yeah. but like it is like, kind of creepy like if you feel if you're looking around your community being like mm -hmm. are you just being nice to my face yeah and then yeah. being a total dick behind my back yeah it's like ugh, i don't you want to believe that people are good and like kind and accepting mm -hmm. and blah 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 mm -hmm. but it's not no fun walking around being distrusting of the people that might be talking about you especially yeah. when it has to do with shit that you're like there's this is not this is non-issue like, mm -hmm. I, let me give you the stuff you could talk shit about me about. <laughs> like, I'm sure I can dig up something that would be way more worth yeah. this crap that you're dealing with, you know? But when it comes to sex, it's like, 
yeah i mean we can have all these great open conversations but there are still going to be people who are like yeah i don't know sex it's like a higher level of judgment i think not all the time but especially uh, if you're like a little bit confused if you're like tentative about what you're doing if you're trying mm -hmm. like a new relationship dynamic mm -hmm. or something and you're like i think this is okay but i also really have to check in with myself a lot to make mm -hmm. sure that like it's not maybe what other people are saying exactly which mm -hmm. is like i guess we have to have that kind of questioning mm -hmm. uh, all the time anyway I mean I really find that in today's climate all the time I'm like I got into a, an argument the other day with my boyfriend and I was like in my in my like emotion and dealing with it I'm like I don't know if I'm just like if I'm just sad about this or if this is the patriarchy <laughs> or like like at what level is it's appropriate to be upset about this mm -hmm. thing but yeah <laughs> No, that's I can I can totally relate to that. It's like, <laughs> is this something that is coming in from the outside? Like, should I just throw this away, or do I have to like really take this to heart? And mm -hmm. how do you separate it? It's it's hard. How yeah. and how yeah. do you think about it? <laughs> like, how do you know when you've reached like yeah. a, a, a a verdict for yourself? Of, yeah, like, this is okay. I'm <laughs> doing okay. Yeah, I had um actually on that note, it's um when we first you know got together and we were first trying to be polyamorous, it was like. Man, we like went in totally naive. We're like, this is going to be great. And um, he started seeing someone that he really liked. And he said, you know, at the time he was like, you know, I just want to let you know I am in a relationship with someone, but I, I, I'm not really comfortable sharing who it is right now, just given the, the sensitive, you know, nature of our relationship. She was cool with that. She's like, that's fine. I, I don't want to know. But then, then about a month later, they had kind of still been seeing each other. And then she kind of... I guess she put two and two together and so she kind of like confronted him about the fact that we were together so he was like okay yeah like let's talk about that and so he was sharing everything and he thought the conversation went really well and thought that she was like kind of open-minded about it and so he was totally wrong <laughs> like oh no he's like I think it's all gonna be good like I think you guys should have a chat on the phone and I was like okay this is great like I'm really interested in like having because I really like the idea of like being friends with my partner's partners you know I think that's great um, so she and I had a conversation over the phone and it just went so sideways. Like she put all these ideas out there. She was like, I think this is like, he's just trying to collect young arm candy. And like, he was really, she was really characterizing him as like a bad dude. And I was like, this is not real. Like, yeah. this is definitely not the way that I see him. And at first I said, I'm like, look, you know him. I know him. This is not, this is not mm -hmm. the way that he is. But I think she couldn't get around it and then it just it, their relationship ended and and afterwards I had to just really be strong and like okay no 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 all of those terrible things that she said about him I know that that's not the way he is but it, it's easy to be susceptible I think when when we have all these ideas of like okay am I be you know you want to be careful about I guess who you partner up with yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spe speaking of uh, the the patriarchy I was I was kind of browsing your email as as we've been sitting here mm -hmm. And uh, there was something really interesting mm. that you wrote that I, I I don't know if I have much to say on it, but I would love to hear your thoughts and mm -hmm. just listen to you guys go back and forth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm it, the the line specifically is I'm considering doing my master's thesis on sex negativity and mm. the Me Too movement. Uh, <laughs> whoa, this is going to have to be carefully planned and ex executed. Um, are you still planning that? Are you is that something you're still thinking about? Well, and what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh man, this does, I think this is like a sensitive topic, and I and I want to be. That's careful. why I'm bowing out, and I will let you two uh, go for it. <laughs> Carry on. 
Um, okay, well, first, I have two ideas for my thesis. Originally, I was going to do it on polyamory, and I'm still kind of like toying with that idea. Um, but over the last year, I've been like thinking a lot about um, the Me Too movement, and and I first like I think <coughs> first I want to say, and I I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you about this. Um, like first of all, it's like the Me Too movement is super super important. You know, I mean, there's lots of harassment and violence that has gone unchecked in all sorts of ways for a long time. For eons. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of the patriarchy, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also am concerned. And, and then with that, it's like, you know, the law is kind of catching up, trying to sort out like what it means to not have like subjective sexist laws that, you know, unfairly support men. But I think that's I think that's the goal. But I, I guess I see some concern about like, especially with um, online, like posting claims about um, sexual harassment online, like on Facebook or on social media or otherwise. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, I've seen some instances and maybe you have too, I'm not sure, where it's like, okay, you know, maybe this person feels like the law is not going to help them or um, the best way that they can get support or get their point across is to like say something publicly about someone who harassed them or, or was sexually violent. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I think that, and I think it feels like, um, like throwing like a light, like throwing like a match into a haystack, you know, it's like, okay, there's all this like concern and all this uproar and like justifiable uproar. But then when it actually comes to putting someone out on the line like that, it's like, there's no due process, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like, people will just, yeah, Yeah. people will just hop on board and, and yeah, I, I struggle with that. I don't know how you feel, Bridie. I, I, I agree. I think it's it's really messy and clumsy. Mm. Um, I, I'm really inspired by... Uh, I'm really inspired by some things that are happening actually like quite personally in my mm. life um, with, with some people that have been under investigation for some like sexual assault and uh, and watching them experience this process is very much happening in private behind closed doors um Mm -hmm. in a fairly civil way as much as it can be civil there's Mm -hmm. a lot of denial on the part of the accused um and not not him not really wanting to to him wanting to just like wrap things up real quick so he can get get on with his life right um and i'm really inspired by the way it's being handled um one of the women involved is really interested in the idea of restorative justice. Mm, cool. And yeah. And so she, she posted something the other day, it kind of was went viral, I think um, in general, but about this woman who had been sexually assaulted and wanted, did not feel like the court system at all was like healing or like for anybody. And her mm-hmm. big dream was to have this, basically restorative justice exploration where the judge and the lawyers and the defendant and friends of the victim and her and her mom all got together and they sat and they talked about it and it was like seems to have been quite a transformative um experience for everybody involved and i think i do think that there's like a level of frenzy Mm. um it's totally justified. Mm-hmm. I totally understand why why we are so quick to be inflamed and to 
obviously want to believe victims and like see justice for them and to like see an end to all of this kind of stuff but Mm. I do think it's I feel too that it's it's a bit clumsy Mm -hmm. there's not a there's not not that not that we need to hold everybody's hand and you know figure things out for Mm -hmm. people but there there haven't been I don't think a ton of answers for the people who do need to apologize and do need to accept what they've done like there's really they're they're in a corner now and there's literally we haven't come up yet with a way for them to be absolved Mm -hmm. and that is like that's gonna that's working for people anyway Mm -hmm. yet so i it it makes me really fearful i'm like it 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 just feels like everything feels so hostile (laughs) right Right. now to me that that like i totally i yeah i try to read what i can and Mm -hmm. and you know be supportive when i can i don't have that kind of personal experience to come from like i don't i can't relate necessarily that that flame of like (laughs) oh like justice must be served but i you know i i feel it for Mm -hmm. sure well and i i'm so i think that's really interesting that you're getting a chance to to at least kind of see from a distance maybe like what it's like to to use a restorative justice circle to deal with something like this because I I've been learning about restorative justice and it it just it's really interests me because it's like you said you know I mean um like I think well maybe you said this maybe I'm just kind of paraphrasing but I mean I think there needs to be opportunities to kind of to heal and I mean the criminal justice system we know like hasn't yeah it hasn't done a good job of like I mean, what does it mean to to throw someone in jail, you know, and potentially cause way more trauma, you know? Um, and at the same time, not enough people who have been accused of sexual assault have been thrown into jail. So it's like they're either getting off the hook mm-hmm. or they're going in and they're having, you know, like kind of piling on um, kind of terrible experiences. And I, I don't know. I just, I think that there are a lot of other ways to deal with it. But it's slow, slow to get going. When someone's mad at me and they have like seen fit for some sort of way to punish me, whether it's like my parents grounding me or like my partner, you know, whatever, like I'm like, I am so, I get so mad. I can just imagine if I got locked up in prison for a couple of years or something that somebody else was like really mad at me for. And like, I would be so resistant to learning from it. In that way, you know, I just be like, oh, this just makes me even angrier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, you know, just like the opportunity to like be forgiven in and and to learn like we're so vulnerable when we have to learn hard things. And that's a fucking really hard thing to learn. Yeah. And to and like you said, it's like if you if you were to be punished and to be expected to learn and, you know, feel okay and somehow come away, like, not with all of this, like, shame and defensiveness and rage. I mean, yeah, that would not be a good way to, like, carry on, you know, suddenly having sexually consensual relationships. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Doesn't, it's rough. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, thinking about, like, I mean, that's just kind of something I've been thinking about for a master's project, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally sure yet but I'm I'm glad we're talking about it because I, I think it's interesting it's like um actually one of the things I've been learning about in school is is carceral feminism which is this interesting term that um basically it like refers to a kind of feminism um where the you know the the interest is in making sure that um people who um are sexual 
like I want I like want to have a blanket name for them but I don't but people who perpetuate sexual assault or you know or rapists you know like it's like the the goal of carceral feminism is to lock them up and make sure that justice is served exactly that but then there's another strain of feminism that's like a little more like fringy but it's like anti-carceral feminism so the goal is to make sure that instead of locking people up to like the fullest extent of the law the goal is to reduce sexual assault rates and one of the ways is through restorative justice circles which Mm. I think is really cool yeah do you want to jump in here? No, no. I like, <laughs> honestly, I, I do feel, uh, I, I feel like this is just that this is not a time for me to, to chime in. This is a time for me to just listen because right. I, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that I, I, I think that there's a lot to this type of discussion that I just need to hear and I need to like learn about how certain people feel about things because I, I honestly feel like I'm not the one to be, I think there's value to men like having a part in the conversation, but I also Mm -hmm. think that there's a lot more value to men being a little bit more passive on the side and listening to what actually like, is being said by the people who are talking about this kind of stuff. Right. <clears throat> I would say fully I agree that like mm. if we have the ability when when it works, when it when it goes right, if we have the ability to give a murderer a second chance. Mm. I I I also feel like somebody anybody who fucked up in any mm-hmm. way possible mm-hmm. should if we have the systems in place to offer them a way to learn from the mistakes that they made. And to become a better person, mm-hmm. like I, I think that we sh- we should give that opportunity to those people, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the the whole concept of like carceral feminism, yeah. like the idea of like just fucking lock them up, throw away, throw away the key, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that's not going to help. No, and that's definitely that's definitely not going to be uh, a product of like reducing the amount of harm that might come to other people in the future. No. You know, I think this is like a, uh, it's, it's a, it's an issue that everybody needs to be involved in and everybody needs mm-hmm. to like come to agreements and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I but again, I just think I just need to listen more and, <laughs> and, and learn from I, the people I, who know I, what they're talking about. I, I feel like you're just talking there and I'm just thinking so much about, uh, the benefit to community and society that it has to actually like we're wounded we're wounded as a community when shit like that happens <laughs> mm-hmm. to our, our circle or a community when bad things happen and like we've kind of lost touch a little bit with the community like we grieve together we like we rebuild mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. we do things like that and it's a really powerful that's just one one way of like going okay as a community we're gonna do something about this and i think those bonds those community bonds are like it's all tied together right it's Mm -hmm. it's what's gonna if we can do it and if we can do it well it's what's going to keep our species kicking on this planet it's gonna be like the thing that your sister says your sister says all the time like she's always making these posts of like love will prevail like love is the answer (laughs) love is the thing and i can't like i agree so so hardcore with that like mm-hmm. and there is there's you know it's like when i pop on twitter and i see a, a tweet that says something like you know all white males shouldn't have an opinion on anything in the world and they should all shut the fuck up i see that and i go that's not 
Do Look, you see like, that? I get, I get it that 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 you that there's like anger and a lot of fucking anger based on a lot of trauma mm. that has been happening for years and years and years and years. But that's not that's not helpful. Like, do you? Are you seeing posts that say white men shouldn't have, shouldn't open their mouths? Yes. Or are you? He, I have seen that. You have seen those yes. literal words. Those literal words on yeah. the internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, t- I actually like. I. I. I hate Twitter in that. People can say whatever they want. No, I hate Twitter <laughs> in that. Like, it, there's like I need to just go through my Twitter and just erase everybody that I follow, except mm-hmm. for like cute dogs doing things or something. You know, like just to save your mental health. <laughs> yeah, because it is just a lot of negative, yeah. like h- hate being thrown mm-hmm. left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, like, what that says about me is, like, if, if that's the algorithm, that's, like, the, sh- the shit that I'm seeing on my Twitter feed. But right. um, there, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that sort of, like, discussion. And one person will say that, and then somebody else has some other fucking dumb response to that <laughs> thing that they said. And it's just... Yeah. It just gets piled on. Yeah. It, yeah. Again, it's messy. Yeah. And then there's, yeah. no, there's no love there. There's no, there's no constructive, like, conversation. Mm. There is no conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just... You shut the fuck up. No, you shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. And I mean, putting like I, I also I understand the rage, but I mean, I have a hard time with it. Like putting all white men into one box is just it's it's very it's kind of like erasing difference. I mean, like we wouldn't want to say all women feel this and all yeah. women feel that, you know, and um, and it yeah. And it just it like adds to the hostility. And, and I, I think I mean, I, like I had a I had an argument with one of my maybe it wasn't an argument. I was arguing with her. <laughs> we went to an event and um, it, it was a, an activist event. And so we went and it, and it was run by a, a white guy, you know, and, and he did this really great presentation. And, and we talked with him about it afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to working with this person. And she said to me, well, have you ever worked with a white guy in a social activist organization before? And I was like, yeah, I, I have. And she's like, they're all they're all just, you know, out to create power like they just want power and they just want to control these people and she said i find they never do this and it's like what what do you mean they never like you don't even know this guy you just met him like give him the benefit of the doubt but it's caused problems for me because as we've been working with them i'm like she constantly puts in these jabs and i'm like you don't know him you don't know him and I've seen that he seems to be a really great guy and he's really concerned with um, making sure that this organization is like intersectional. So like people of all different backgrounds and and he he's really working towards that. But he also like wants support. And I mean, we're gender study students and we're working with them. And so that's that's one of the ways that we can help. But I just thought like you it's kind of that instance. It's like you're to me, like it felt like she was creating a kind of hostility that then kind of like shifted the the group that i'm working with like in a particular way like where um, do at what point ever is mm-hmm. there going to be positivity that comes from that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know well, what i mean like the like generalizations are never beneficial to to anyone like they're just mm-hmm. I, I just made a generalization about generalizations <laughs> and i probably shouldn't have done that right well, oftentimes just, generalizations <laughs> yeah. it makes me wonder so like say if I'm watching Twitter and I see all this hateful shit and then I feel all this anger at the people who are like expressing what I believe to be really small minded, narrow thinking, like probably in my mind, I'm like, they're not very smart or whatever. And then there's this woman in this group and it's like, it makes me wonder like, 
what's your story and why mm. are you so mad and can I like you're pissing me you're pissing me off with the way that you are <laughs> so rather than like you know try to try to like bring you over to my side where mm. this person who's the object of your hate is like someone you can understand it's like maybe you're the one who needs the love maybe you need some love and attention and maybe I need to figure out how to like be loving and accepting and whatever of your incredibly tiny mind. It's such <laughs> great advice. Yeah. <laughs> <A> little pea <laughs> brain. <laughs> I actually, I've actually thought about that, and I'm like, here I am saying like nobody should make generalizations or assumptions or like assume you know that like we have to. I'm like saying, oh, you have to give this person the benefit of the doubt. While I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's such it just like it never ends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And just like, oh yeah. man, my life would be so much more peaceful if I didn't have to deal with all the people that are so much have are so much dumber than me. <laughs> but you know, like, I just feel know, like, like if <laughs> everyone in the world just like on like on this upcoming Monday that's coming up next very Monday. soon, next Monday, just everyone just dose themselves with some acid. <laughs> The whole the Tuesday, dude. Tuesday would be a different world. We'd all world just be like, peace. "Wow, yeah, yeah." You know, it's like ah, everyone loves everyone. Everything's okay. Everyone's forgiven. There's no more. There's no more nothing that's bad, and it's a utopia, and we all just live happily ever after. <laughs> all right. So next Monday, folks. Yep. So uh, yeah. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> There's something to be, I mean, that that's good. That That's really good. There's something to be said for that. Like, I, the first time I, the first time I did MDMA, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I suddenly, you know, and I, I mean, I know it's, it's a drug and it's like something that should be, um, you know, be mindful of like not doing it too much. But it's like, whoa, there's like, there was kind of like this intensification of like being able to love more people. And, and since then, it's been kind of interesting because I've noticed, I don't know if, if you've done MDMA. And I've done a lot people. of it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you experience this, but I've experienced like when I'm high or when I'm getting high, like I kind of feel like if I'm around someone that really is like throwing me off, I get kind of cold. Mm-hmm. Have either of you yeah, experienced totally. that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I not explicitly, but there was that one time that we we were it was our going away party in Toronto at Tara's house, and yeah. then the neighbor came and knocked on the door, and I was like, "You can't be here," because I just <laughs> whatever it was about him creeped me out. But yeah. anyway, you brought that up the other day, <laughs> did I? Yeah, and then you told me something that blew my mind that I broke into his house. Yeah, yeah. you broke into his it's house. Different. It's a totally oh. different story for a different. It's a different time. podcast. That <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. B and E. Jesus it's Christ. Fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I think I lost I think I lost the train of thought. Um, I feel I, like there was a way to say like MDMA could also yeah, achieve totally. world peace, but then I yeah. followed up with a story saying that it people made, that don't like make me cold. So it's You're, all about your environment. Yeah. yeah. So when when we do this thing on Monday, everyone's gotta have a nice cozy blanket and put on some cartoons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're all good. And a sunshine lamp. Um this has been this has been really fun. Uh and bit like before we wrap it up, I know that you you do um, glass blowing work. I do. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug that? Like, is that some or like, do you kind of want to keep that <laughs> separate from, or do you want a flood of people going to your website and trying no, to buy your shit? No, I I would love to keep it separate. Okay, I'm happy cool. not to plug it. Just um, joking. And here, <laughs> totally kidding. You don't do anything with glass. Here's why. I would love <clears throat> to use this as a way to uh, pump, like, plug my product, mm-hmm. but I don't have any time to make anything right now because oh, wow, I'm in okay. school. So I'm like. 
I want to make things for everyone, but right. we'll just we'll just let it be. Well, Maybe I've seen next time. I've seen some of your stuff. I've seen uh, uh, the uh, I think it was some titties and a, and uh, and a, a Volva. Mm-hmm. Um, people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> you you made these I've pendants seen some and, and yeah, saw your titties, saw your Volva, <laughs> like your shit. <laughs> Uh, I've seen pendants of your stuff and some are titties and some are vulvas and they're really cool. Cool. Yeah, I kind of can't make enough vulvas, which is, which is so joyful. Mm -hmm. I love making them and I love sharing them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, if at any point you're like, I I got all this free time and I'm going to make a bunch of vulvas, let us know and we'll, we'll plug your, uh, (laughs) sounds good. We'll plug your business. I would love that. Yeah. Maybe we can do like a, it can be part of like your Patreon or something. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a great, great idea. idea. That's that's a great great idea. I would love cool. that. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming all the way out from uh, Alberta to, or like, yeah, Alberta <laughs> yeah. to hang out with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been super fun, and I really appreciate the, it the conversation. Really fun, yeah. And safe travels back home. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I feel like we have we've. It's been yeah. so long since we've been doing this. I know because we were apart for, for so long. long. Now it's like, what do we say at the end? I know. I've, rate, I've, review, subscribe. We'll do that for sure. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, hit the subscribe button. Uh, it's super, very much important, uh, more important than anything except our Patreon, which is probably more important than that. Growing more important by the moment. That's right. Actually. Yeah. Because uh, I'm taking off for the winter and we have some some traveling we, we need to do. We need to meet up and, and talk with you listeners in your cities and uh, and keep this this married podcast going across the distances. Somehow it's chugged along this long. It's chugging. So we want to keep it chugging. Uh, go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to support it. And uh, to everyone who has supported us this far. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so, so much. So much. Um, and if you want to hit us up with a brain boner or... Uh, send us your just the tips or show us your butt. You can do that. Uh, send us an email at turnmeonpodcast.gmail.com or uh, send us a message on Instagram at turnmeonpodcast. And that is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.